0: This episode of Deep Dive is brought to you by Oizumi Kojo, Japan's first commercial brewer of kombucha. They've just launched their new online store where you can buy Kombucha Ship, bottles Kombucha that's delivered straight to your door. Kombucha is a type of fermented sparkling tea and Oizumi Kojo makes theirs using all-natural, domestically produced ingredients with carefully selected organic tea leaves from Nagata Chayan in Kyoto. It's fizzy, fruity, refreshing and delicious. They sent me a box of all the different flavors they have. Shiso is my favorite so far, but the yuzu is also fantastic. Kombucha Ship comes in 4 flavours, there's the classic original, the yuzu made with yuzu citrus from Tokushima, shiso made with shiso leaves from Miyazaki, and kuwa which is made with mulberry leaves. Kombucha Ship comes in sets of 12, you can order 12 bottles of any one flavour or get the assorted set which comes with 3 bottles of each of the 4 flavours. One set of 12 bottles is 7200 yen before tax. Kombucha Ship is available to buy online now at www.kombuchaship.shop. Visit the website and find your favorite flavor today. Please note that delivery is limited to Japan. For more information, visit www.kombuchaship.shop. That's www.kombuchaship.shop. A link is in the episode notes. Hello and welcome to Deep Dive from the Japan Times. I'm Oscar Boyd. On January 6th, the US Capitol building came under siege from a mob of Trump supporters incited there by the former president. The attack was condemned around the world, although Prime Minister Suga's words can be described at best as meek, and shone a spotlight onto the dangerous misinformation and conspiracies that fueled the riots. One that has come under particular scrutiny is QAnon, a conspiracy theory that dates to 2017 and that has picked up a significant following in the US, growing particularly rapidly in 2020 as the pandemic hit. But, says Bloomberg's Max Zimmerman, the US is not the only country to have followers of the QAnon conspiracy, and a fringe group has also developed here in Japan. Max Zimmerman, welcome to Deep Dive. Thanks so much for having me. So at the end of November, you wrote an article looking at the presence of QAnon here in Japan. And I'd like to spend the majority of this episode talking about that. But before we do, and before we focus on the Japan-specific strain of QAnon, could you give us a short summary of what QAnon is in general?
1: Yeah, QAnon centers on an unsubstantiated belief that former President Donald Trump is uh, battling to save the world from a cabal of pedophiles and other actors, which include Democrats, celebrities, Chrissy Teigen has been one that they've particularly gone after, and other, you know, quote unquote, deep state agents. The main figure of this movement, I guess, is a anonymous poster called Q. And Q is supposed to be a government insider, at least he's he's alleged to be, but no one knows who he or she or, you know, what whatever this this shadowy character can be. Often the posts are very cryptic and they often try to make predictions, but in a very vague way. It really started in 2017, I believe. So that's when Q started posting on 4chan. And it kind of was a fringe movement for a while, but it started to pick up really and, it, and explode really when, when the coronavirus started to pick up in America and mm-hmm. other European uh, nations. And uh, through that and other, you know, the, the economic and, and social shock, it's really become quite a, a large movement in America, especially.
0: So QAnon is this conspiracy theory that really grew out of the anonymous messaging board 4chan in the US. Yep. It focuses around the anonymous figure Q, who we don't know the identity of. And when did you first realize that Japan had its own version of the QAnon conspiracy? Well, when
1: when I first realized was, I spend a lot of time on social media for w- what I do at work, and I was really interested in QAnon as it was kind of picking up steam in the U.S. around late spring, and it's just hard to report on something like that from out of Tokyo, so I thought, well, maybe it's it's in Japan as well. Mm-hmm. And so I realized maybe around summer um, that there was a significant following When it actually came to Japan was much earlier than that. Um, It was actually here as early as the beginning of 2019. To say here, I mean, there were people who were trying to promote it as early as um, 2019. But like everywhere else in the world, it really picked up steam, I think, with the coronavirus and and the various shocks associated
0: with it. Mm -hmm. And obviously, one of the problems or difficulties, I guess, of reporting on a conspiracy theory like QAnon is that it's very decentralized, it exists across various different mediums, some that are open to scrutiny, but others that are behind closed doors. So do we have a sense of how many followers the QAnon conspiracy has in Japan? Is it something that's actually prominent or is it you know confined to the fringes?
1: We, we don't know how large it is. Um, that is, as you said, the problem with tracking anonymous, decentralized disinformation networks. Um, I would say it's safe to say that it, it is fringe. This is not something that mirrors the U S in terms of its scale. And it's, I guess you could say how mainstream it is. But one of the things that I did notice when researching this and in the article, the social media analytics company graphica that I cited, um, they noticed that the Japanese network was highly active, that the QAnon network was highly active. Um, Japan has the second most Twitter users outside of the U S it's a big market for Mm -hmm. this type of social media. And, the people who wanted to promote QAnon, who are Japanese, were very, very aggressive in doing so. What you kind of see is that, while it is fringe, we don't know how big it is. It's probably not large, but they did kind of have this ecosystem that they created that was was highly active. So it is hard to say what what the the following is, but we we can see what they're doing, and and this mainly took place on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's the discussion taking place around certain hashtags? Is is that how you discovered its presence here?
1: Right. So the the one of the things that made it unique was that I think because of the language barrier, unlike in Europe where you can't just like copy and paste an English hashtag and have it have a decent understanding among pretty much most of the population. In Japan, that's much harder to do, so the, the people who were promoting it were basically translators, and they were doing a, a, a very good job, I, I would say, and they were coming up with hashtags that were translated versions of U.S. ones or completely new ones that kind of created what you know, Graphica kind of called a, a unique ecosystem a unique network and the conversations that they were having as a result were slightly different than the ones that other nations were having
0: well let's go into that how does the qanon conspiracy in japan differ from the u.s version or other versions elsewhere is it the same core beliefs with a few different ideas attached or has it gone in a completely different direction
1: um no it's basically the same as the the conspiracy theory that originated in the u.s It's expressed a little bit differently. For example, I think the thing that will stick out most to anyone who watches these accounts is, at least early on especially, is the reverence for Michael Flynn, who was Trump's uh, U.S. national security advisor for 24 days, I think it was. And he's deeply embedded in the movement, even in the U.S. It's not like he's a fringe character in the U.S., Mm -hmm. but he really plays a huge role in... Kind of the lore of Japanese Qanon, one of the most popular hashtags and kind of what they stylize themselves here is, is, uh, is Q Army Japan Flynn. We can get into why later because there's an interesting history about um, him. But he, you know, he popularized the term digital soldiers, and he's very deeply involved in the Qanon movement. Other things that kind of differentiate the Japan movement is that there's a little bit more uh, appeal to local japanese culture
0: so it's like like somewhat
1: it is it is and i mean that you have to kind of speak the people's not literal language but also the the cultural language and so some tweets that i saw were like you know appealing to other QAnon followers to be more like goku from dragon ball or luffy from one piece and um you know there's there's more talk about former prime minister uh, shinzo abe and um you know the emperor being part of the cabal and uh, some other things that I've seen are likening certain kanji to the katakana for coronavirus. And, you know, you, these things would not show up any, they're, they're developed
0: here. Mm -hmm. and, I think I'm that sure Abe and the Emperor delighted to be dragged into right, the, yeah, into
1: the conspiracy. Um, it, it is an interesting point, though, to note that you know they are in in the conspiracy and they're not part of the savior side of things. Even though Abe was aligned very closely with Trump,
0: and so if neither the Emperor or former Prime Minister Shinto Abe are idolized by the QAnon supporters, are there any Japanese politicians or mainstream figures who are thought to be on the? kind of savior side of the QAnon conspiracy not part of the cabal but the more donald trumpian figure who's supposed to lead us all to this brilliant new world order this was a this is a good
1: question and it's something that i i also asked and 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 researched it doesn't appear to me that anyone is anyone fits that donald trump role the only figure in the world who we really see mimic that is um uh, bolsonaro in brazil possibly Mm -hmm. because he's not just aligned himself with trump but he's Mirrored his presidency off of Trump's, whereas Abe, for example, tried to be an ally but was certainly not mimicking him and um, not going nearly as far. So I I would say that that um, you know, if even the emperor is part of the cabal, it it, it's unlikely that other Japanese politicians are kind of revered as a savior figure.
0: And there's no elected politicians who've tried to grab QAnon by the horns and encouraged it to generate support for their own campaigns you know as we've seen with politicians in the u.s trump included
1: no not as far as i know um i think that is part of what you know has kept it a fringe movement
0: i, I would say that still
1: most japanese people might really not even know what QAnon is so i think that's good to, to keep in mind that while it while it's here it's, it's definitely not mainstream
0: You said there's been some localization of the QAnon conspiracy in Japan, and I'd like to come back to that a little bit more. Does the QAnon variant here also build on existing conspiracies that were present in Japan before QAnon came along?
1: I think, like all nations, Japan has to deal with conspiracy, misinformation, radical thought. Japan also has a recent history of cults which are, I guess, they're kind of like a close cousin to conspiracy theories. And uh, I think the the most famous of which is Aum Shinrikyo, which, you know, in 1995 perpetrated the sarin gas attacks in the Tokyo Metro. And then, although this isn't a conspiracy theory, I would say the other thing that QAnon does build upon is actually Japanese message board culture. So 4chan, it's a U.S. website created by uh, Christopher Poole, but it was... Inspired by a Japanese website called, uh, to use the English name, Tuchan, and um, it's an anonymous message board that is also that you know that really was popular a popular form of internet social media here. Th- those are the kind of two things that I would say have allowed it to not take root, but you know th- those are the precedents mm-hmm. in Japan. But the other thing I would say about Q is that it, I don't think it tends to build on conspiracy theories; it absorbs them. You see that ideas about 311 in Japan with the Fukushima nuclear disaster, the atom bomb, anti-vaccinations campaigns, uh, COVID conspiracy theories, food safety conspiracy theories, 5G conspiracy theories. These are of nothing to do with eating children uh, or you know trafficking of children, but they've made a connection between mm-hmm. them, and they've they've kind of let it snowball. We mentioned you know Dragon Ball before, but one of the my favorite tweets from the movement was um, that the popular uh, anime Demon Slayer, it, it involves demons eating people. That's the kind of main thrust of the, the whole thing. And one popular account, and this post got a lot of likes, was that that movie is meant to acclimate people to the idea, the ideas that QAnon are trying to to explain, but that they're too shocking for people to accept.
0: So they're trying to familiarize people and potentially popularize the idea? Or Or, or just make it like, oh, like I
1: saw that in in a movie. Uh, So eating people, you know, like these are what the evil people do is they eat people. And I know that because I saw demon slayer, that the evil demons eat people. Um, I guess it's also a way to dehumanize, you know, the people that they perceive are their their enemies. But, you know, when it it does tap into local things, it's not so much local conspiracy theories um, as it is more this greater universal framework.
0: Right. And you mentioned that Michael Flynn, the former U.S. National Security Advisor, has a prominent role in the Japan version of the conspiracy. So where does that come from? Why is he held in such high regard here?
1: Right. Um, so that that story originates with kind of the linchpin of the whole, you know, QAnon movement in Japan, as far as far as I see it, um, it was account called Okabayashi nine one one one. The the account claims to be owned by a person named Eri Okabayashi. I you know I haven't been able to confirm like her identity, or I I call her her because that's Eri is assumed to be a, a girl's name, mm-hmm. but you know I don't know the identity of this person. Although we have talked. And it, it originates really with her. And she's also kind of the person who, as far as I can tell, really brought QAnon to Japan. She, she started really tweeting in, in January 2019. That's when her account was created. And she kind of told me that she had this history of thinking that, you know, th- things in Japan didn't really make sense to, to her. She was very concerned about the fact that Japanese women were being encouraged to work when maybe they, they should have been more focused on childbirth and child-rearing. Um, she was, you know, ex- exposed to conspiracies about 3.11, 9.11, and other things, and got, into, got exposed to U.S. right-wing websites like InfoWars. And that's kind of, I think, was the start of her tweeting and really wanting to bring this to Japan. And um, her proficiency in English from, I guess, doing all of these things made her quite a, a proficient translator mm-hmm. and prolific
0: and she was translating the q drops the bundles of information from the central q figure um, from english into japanese exactly well not and
1: not just q drops you know other people are there, there's a whole world of q information that's that exists beyond q drops um, from other q experts mm-hmm. who are either explaining the q drops or explaining the extended version of the conspiracy theory and she was translating these videos and it's a lot it's a lot a lot of videos um, when they were on youtube and uh, I think the the most popular one probably had like over two hundred thousand views.
0: That she translated.
1: That she translated, and and she claims to be the sole translator. I don't know of anyone else who is translating these videos. Other accounts would post her videos, as far as I can tell. A lot of the vocabulary is hard to understand, even for you know native English speakers. Where you know this is QAnon specific terminology, and mm-hmm. she had a way of taking that and making it understandable Japanese. But through her. Tweeting, she grabbed the attention of some U.S. QAnon members, and she then claims that she was invited into this group of which General Flynn was a part. And although she's never met General Flynn, that's kind of the the connection is that she claims to have been a part of this group that included him to spread the word. The reason that Flynn is even on the Q Army Japan Flynn, you know, you know, the the end of that is because. Of you know QAnon, uh, I guess it's called gematria. It's like a numerical system, like that assigns values to letters, and it had good <laughs> gematria because his name was on it. So um, there's there's a whole bunch of reasons that fit fit into fo- the folklore, but it's um, it it really stems from that uh, alle- you know alleged relationship.
0: <laughs> We're getting deep into the uh, Q world here. <laughs> so if she was the prime figure in the QAnon conspiracy in Japan just to get a sense of the influence she had. I know her account has now been suspended on Twitter, but how many followers had she amassed on that platform?
1: She had over 80,000 followers um, as, when I had last checked, before she was taken down. Not all of them were Japanese. There was a lot of uh, US followers, so what her reach was in Japan is unclear. Mm-hmm. If she is truly the sole translator, then any information you're getting about QAnon, if you are a Japanese person who doesn't understand English at a high Proficiency is going to be through her her website, her translation of Q drops, her YouTube videos before these things were all taken down. So I, I think it's fair to say that she she was kind of the driving force for this kind of information here.
0: On January 6th, we witnessed the insurrection at the US Capitol by a large group of Trump supporters. Um, Japan condemned the attack, and I think that is by far the majority view here amongst the public. But we have seen a number of pro-Trump stop the steel rallies in Japan, both here in Tokyo and also in Osaka, before and after the January 6th attacks and these have been pretty well organized with people carrying professionally printed signs, American flags, the rising sun flag which has all sorts of associations with imperial Japan. So what's the makeup of these rallies and is there a connection between them and QAnon at all?
1: It's really hard to to make a connection. Um, Waseda University's Jeffrey Hall kind of had a Twitter thread that gained some traction online and um, in it, he, I believe, he identified a few groups. One of them was Sanctuary Church. Another was Falun Gong. Another was Happy Science, also known as, uh, in Japanese, as Kofuku no Kagaku. So, you know, it seems like there could have also been some QAnon members there. But I think the thing to kind of keep in mind is that, you know, something like Falun Gong, which operates the Epoch Times, which is an anti-communist, and you know, it's become a pro-Trump newspaper that kind of support doesn't necessarily mean that they've, you know, locked arms with QAnon supporters who also support Trump. It's kind of they have a mutual interest there and they might just show up at the same places. And one of the things that social media companies have had to contend with is when moderating these things, who is a Trump supporter or who is a QAnon supporter and if it's both, you know, how do you tease the two apart, this is really important for moderation, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're going to ban QAnon related posts, but then the person says, well, this isn't QAnon related, it's a Trump post, then you you have an issue. So it's important to keep in mind that uh, you can't conflate the two, you know, so we, we have to kind of keep in mind that there might be some people who are like Trump supporters who, and they might be in Japan, you know, Trump's people who support Trump in Japan, but don't even know about QAnon or don't really go that far.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's an important point to make because, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, it's no secret that Shinzo Abe tried to maintain a very close relationship with Donald Trump. And I think a lot of people in Japan were impressed by what was perceived as a harder line taken against China by Trump. So I think he does have quite a range of support here, which has nothing to do with movements such as QAnon or these stop the steal protests.
1: Absolutely, I think that's correct. I guess the worry there is that when they, if they do a, a, attend one of these things, and there are QAnon people there, um, you know, they could meet that thought, and what they decide to do then is anyone's guess. But they actually, on Twitter, they actually would post a lot of videos of them on the streets passing out flyers, um, you know, showing up in restaurants doing, you know, nomikai or Japanese, you know, like drinking events. This is with, QAnon supporters. This is QAnon supporters, yeah. So, you know, they, they do try to proselytize and um, I, I imagine an event like that would be, um, you know, a prime, prime place for, for them to do that. So, you know, there, there could be a concern from there, but I would definitely caution against conflating the two, not just in Japan, but anywhere in the world.
0: In the immediate aftermath of those events on January 6th, we also saw a widespread online crackdown on QAnon supporters by tech companies like Twitter, Amazon, YouTube, Facebook. Obviously, the most high-profile casualty of that uh, crackdown was the suspension of Donald Trump's social media accounts. And I do think a lot of the hot air coming out of his mouth and his Twitter account was what put much of the wind into (laughs) this conspiracy. So what was the impact of that crackdown here in japan
1: the, the clampdown really started in fall it took another level with the violence because they felt an urgency what it means for japan is that it, it has definitely i think dampened their reach they've moved to other platforms uh i know eri did have a parlor which is also basically uh, defunct right now she's also on gab.com which is also a you know quote unquote like free speech platform where they don't really moderate anything i think there she actually has just over 8000 followers now but that's a tenth of her previous region i, I don't really quite see i i do see, i mean there are a lot of people who are certainly moving there mm. but it doesn't seem to be like an on mass thing and we also have to remember that Gab isn't really popular in Japan, as mm-hmm. far as you know. I, I my impression, it goes. I think that also um, there's kind of just a disillusionment among some QAnon people. They were, you know, there's been a lot of articles in the U.S. about U.S. QAnon uh, followers who are some of them are holding the line, as they like to say, but others have kind of said, "Look, I, I too many promises and none, none have come true, so I'm done with this." So. Um, it's it's a it does seem to be a tough time to be in the qAnon, you know, business right now and and i definitely think that the violence also might have turned off people here because this was supposed to be a softer version of qAnon. It was m- less of the militant one that we've saw in the US talking about the inside the government and you know deep state agents. There was some of that language for sure, but a lot of it was talking about peace and saving the children and being happy and, and stuff like that
0: So considering the difficulties you just mentioned do you think the QAnon conspiracy will have much of a lasting impression here?
1: I, I'm i not sure if QAnon itself will necessarily have a, a large lasting significance in Japan because as I said earlier I think there are just some things that don't really have legs for the majority of Japanese people such as you know, uh, really strong individualism, like, you know, my body, stay away from me, you know, don't, you know, no rules, no government, these types of things that you see in elsewhere, not just in America, but also Europe. You know, I think that, that there are things here that might just not match as well. But there is a there is clearly this overarching structure of good versus evil that does appeal certainly to some people. And I think in, in that case, that's what you kind of have to be more on alert for when we're talking about like, if we're trying to learn from some kind of w- lesson from this, it's that Japan is like everywhere else, no matter how stable or how how mainstream everyone does appear, there's always kind of this appeal to certain universal things that are found there. And some people will, will go to them. Um, so yeah, I, it's hard to say really what the, the legacy will be. But um, my personal impression is that you know I, I don't really know because it's so fringe now, and the movement is kind of going through a rough patch. I don't really know if it if it's going to to you know like blow up and become something as widespread and scarring as in in the US.
0: Mm-hmm. And so much of the QAnon conspiracy is anti government, and well, a war over what is truth and what is fake news to use their language. Do you think that there's any risk that that kind of thought might spill over from QAnon into Japan's efforts to vaccinate people against the coronavirus, for example?
1: It's it's a good question. I, I think that it does come with a certain, even in Japan, it comes with anti-vaccination and anti-coronavirus conspiracy theories. I think uh, you had my colleague Garode on here talk, talking about coronavirus uh, uh, a little while ago. He actually just wrote a r- really good article on kind of that there is already this like anti-vaccination sentiment mm-hmm. among a portion of Japan. So, you know, yeah, it's hard Lisa, to Lisa do was also speak. Right, about li- it, right, yeah. Um, so you know, I think that there there's you know, there's that part, but once again, I don't know if it's a widespread enough movement to really like influence people that way. But I do think it taps into that pre-existing sentiment and it might be, it might be the reverse situation. Whereas it's not that QAnon is convincing people not to get vaccinated, but that maybe this anti-vaccination sentiment is actually makes what the QAnon people are saying make sense to those, those people who, who are hesitant to get vaccines. And I think we saw that in the U S that's what the mainstreaming of it really was, was there is these people saying, I don't like vaccinations you know, I don't like the way our food is prepared, there's too many chemicals in it or, or whatnot. And then they found QAnon's talking about similar things.
0: To try and wrap up our conversation, I'd like to come back to something you mentioned earlier this link between QAnon and 4chan and the Japanese messaging board 2chan that originally inspired 4chan. Do you feel like QAnon is an example of the legacy of 2chan coming full circle back to Japan to haunt it in a way?
1: Yeah, I I felt that that was kind of the poetry of the story is that 2chan comes out of Japanese anonymous message board culture. And you know this guy in the us Christopher Poole kind of he liked that culture. he wanted to bring it to the us. He wanted you know to, I think I think he said he wanted to talk about just like anime with with other people, but in like an this like anonymous fashion mm-hmm. and uh, it, it it took off and and um you know Q kind of found found a home there because it is anonymous and he could reach a lot he or she I guess you know could reach a lot of people and I think that does mimic some of the stuff we saw with the you know the online right wing you know in Japan that has also gone on platforms like 2chan and you know expressed anti-Korean anti-Chinese sentiment and a host of other issues and so the narratives really parallel each other and so to kind of see QAnon blow up on 4chan and then be re-imported back through a U.S. social platform is kind of, you know, it it is kind of an interesting thing. It says something about our world, how technology really has shrunk the world and and made it very small and how ideas and cultures can kind of be, I don't know if recycled is the word, but you know, it it can come full circle like this and come back in a form you, you didn't expect it to. So yeah, it, it, the the reverse importation of QAnon, I think, is kind of a, a or of anonymous, you know, a, a thing that developed on an anonymous message board inspired by Japan, is I think there is some kind of poetry there. Well,
0: Maximum, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. Max Zimmerman's article on QAnon in Japan is linked in the show notes, along with other interesting articles on QAnon and its presence here. There was some really interesting reporting by Nevin Thompson of Global Voices that also looks more closely at the Stop the Steel marches in Japan. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for joining me and thanks to this week's sponsors, Oizumi Kojo. Please check them out if you like kombucha. Until next time, as always, potsukare-sama.